Tonight, I will fight the seven strongest men in town. Maybe the world. And I will win, because our Heavenly Father will be in the ring with me. This next contest is scheduled for one fall. Making his way to the ring first, Macho Libre. He said Macho, right? Buenas noches. Ooh, yeah. Dig it. Hello and welcome to Camel Clutch Cinema, the podcast where we talk about movies that star wrestlers or have wrestling in them. I'm Guy Hutchinson. And I'm Craig Cohen. On this episode, we are talking about Nacho Libre. And as always, be forewarned, this discussion will be chock full of spoilers. Nacho! I know this is one that we've been looking forward to doing for a while, and I think a lot of our listeners are too. Yeah, people actually like this movie because I, I look at the list of movies that we want to talk about and I'm always like, oh, it'd be great to talk about that one where Kurt Angle's a stalker. But then you say, well, no one has seen that movie. But damn it, we will talk about that one day. But right now we're talking about a movie that the American title is F- Nacho is Free or Free Nachos. Yes, which is, um, hey, no, who, who doesn't like that? I, I can only imagine they were just, they were like, nacho is a Mexican word everybody knows, and we'll put it with libre, which is, you know, half of lucha libre. Yeah. Uh, but some people have decided it might mean nacho is free because he's free when he's revealed to be a luchador. Ah, wow. That's some, <laughs> some uh, deeper analysis than I think uh, anybody thought that th- that this movie needed. <laughs> well, I, I, we will get to this. I think this movie actually runs deeper than it, it on the outside. It seems this mm-hmm. movie is, uh, is, is very clever and they, they are purposely going back to things and doing things almost under the radar that you only noticed after seeing it two or three times or things that you only notice if you speak Spanish. Yes. Tell me when this came out. It came out June 16th, 2006, so it was a big summer movie. Did you go see it in the theaters? Yes, actually I did, and I remember my biggest takeaway when I left the theater was um, I was a little disappointed, actually. Wow, Um, interesting. For for whatever reason, the movie did not click with me when I saw it in theaters um, sometime in late June 2006. I went and saw it right away. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know whether it was the first weekend or shortly after, but I went and saw it right away. And I remember talking to you about it. Mm-hmm. And one of the things you you pointed out, I said, hey, they got wrestling right in this movie. Mm-hmm. Because to me, all they had to do to get it right mm-hmm. was to have Ramsey's in a blue blazer that looked like the one that Vince McMahon wore <laughs> on television. <laughs> And you were like, yeah, but and, – and obviously people have seen the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. He does the pin outside the ring, and I was like, all right, okay, yeah, they got one incredibly major <laughs> wrestling detail wrong, yeah. uh, and I'm sure hundreds of others, but hell, it, uh, it looked like wrestling to me. Oh yeah, and I and and you know uh, I was going to hit this later on, but since mm-hmm. we're talking about it, I think with the exception of maybe um, the Hulk Hogan version of No Holds Barred. And possibly, uh, what, below the belt? Okay. This is probably the, the, the movie we've done that has the most wrestling yes. per screen time yeah, in it. I, it's got a lot of wrestling in it. It's got a ton. And I believe that this is our first PG-rated film. Oh, cool. Well, that's, that's neat. So tell me about uh, director Jared Hess and the writer Jared Hess and Jerusa Hess and Mike White. 
Uh, well, Jared Hess and Jerusa Hess are a husband and wife team, and they're probably, uh, aside from this, most known for Napoleon Dynamite, which they made in 2004. And Mike White is um, a writer. He wrote um, Jack Black's School of Rock, and he also was co-creator, co-executive producer, writer, and actor for the HBO series Enlightened. Wow. All right. And we have Jack Black. Now, this is a guy, prior to this movie, I certainly knew who he was, but he hadn't done a lot of movies that I've really liked uh, before I saw this movie. Uh, tell me about Jack Black. Um, Jack Black is um, a comic, an actor, a singer. Yeah, um, I will tell you, the first time I ever saw Jack Black was in a Tim Robbins movie called Bob Roberts. Mm-hmm. And he plays a, uh, a real big fan of Bob Roberts, who's a musician who's becoming a politician. And he's got one line in it that I always remembered where he says, he's a poet and a genius. And his voice cracks. And it's very funny. He plays it completely straight. Mm-hmm. Uh he was part of uh, of Tenacious D at the time when they yeah. were making this. Mm-hmm. Tell me about them. Uh, they are, um, I guess, arguably the greatest rock and roll band of all time. Uh, Jack Black, along with Kyle Gass. Um, yes. They are an acoustic duo, and uh, Jack sings so powerful, sometimes he doesn't need a microphone. We saw their movie, which would have been <laughs> shortly after this movie. Yeah, yeah. And we went to a midnight show, and it was us and two other dudes. Yeah. That was one of those things I was like, well, they showed it at midnight. How could I not go see it? But at the same time, I'm like, do they really need to do it? And that, I think that was at the height of, like, everything was opening at midnight. <laughs> right. And this I, movie – and um, Tenacious D, that, that movie opened in, like, November. So they were doing, like, a midnight screening yeah. in November. Weird. I remember we went to it, and we were like – I hope they're really there we you know the the people that operate the theater we just thought there may be a possibility that this was just a hoax yeah and you know the projectionist was pissed he probably said to the manager i told you we're showing this movie for four effing people (laughs) give me uh the plot summary from nacho libre all right jack black is at his comic best as ignacio a disrespected cook at a mexican monastery that can barely afford to feed the orphans who live there Inspired by a local wrestling hero, he decides to moonlight as the not-so-famous luchador Nacho Libre to earn money for the monastery, not to mention the admiration of beautiful nun sister Encarnacion. Now, this is uh, partly false, the uh, description that the studio gives on this. He he wrestles as Nacho. He does not wrestle as Nacho Libre. Yes. He, he lucha libres as Nacho the luchador. Yes. Frey Tormenta was a uh, was a Mexican priest, and that was his wrestling name. He was uh, Sergio Benitez, and he supported an orphanage for 23 years as a Lucha Libre wrestler in real life. That is so awesome. Wearing a red and yellow mask, he'd, he'd go by that ring name, and he'd do in-ring appearances, and it was one of those things that he did his duties as a priest, and then he'd go and wrestle, and just very similar to this movie, you know, people didn't know, and people were shocked about it. Uh, the name Frey Tormenta means Friar Storm in English. That is such a great story. The opening of this film is awesome. I love the theme song that opens this movie. Yeah, Mr. Loco. Yeah, playing religious man. And this, just the the, the whistle of the... <laughs> yes. 
I love it. I love it. It gets me right in the mood for this movie. And I think that their music, which is throughout this movie, really sets a wonderful tone. And I can't imagine this film without that song and without their music. Oh, totally. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's always great when you start a movie and the opening titles grab you and tell you right away what the tone of the movie is going to be and what you're in for. One of the few things I learned from the commentary track on the DVD was that the the writers didn't like the, the font that was used in the <laughs> opening credits. Uh, we see... Troy Gentile as young Ignacio, he was also in Tenacious D, The Pick of Destiny, playing young Jack Black. Yeah, he got spanked by Meatloaf. I guess there was a point where uh, if you were making a Jack Black movie and you were doing a flashback to him being a kid, you got Troy. Why not? There is a a deleted scene in here, and you actually see the effect of it. You see him putting on his cape and everything, but there's a deleted scene where young Jack wrestles a pig, and... (laughs) Because of this, later we see them, you know, a second later we see them spraying him with the hose, but we don't see how he got all messy, and that was by wrestling a pig. Uh, We saw Troy in behind-the-scenes footage where he said, the pig was so cute, I would never eat a pig again except bacon. Uh, the, the pig pen is one of the sets from the Nacho Libre Nintendo DS game as well. It's There's... I think four or five arenas, and one of them is the pig pen, and the other one is the Water Gypsy's Palace, which is also a, a scene cut out of the movie. Mm-hmm. Now, is, I've never played that game before. Is that just a standard wrestling game, or is there actually yeah. like side scrolling and stuff? Or uh, you know what, I, 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 there's a little cutscenes and story, but it's mostly just a wrestling game, and it's a, it's a good looking wrestling game. Oh, one of the great. things about the DS is you get the two screens, so they tend to do they, they're doing cutscenes while you're wrestling, and they, they did it. It's very cartoony looking. It looks like they took the, uh, the photos of the actors and, and made cartoons out of them. And so everybody has gigantic heads. Oh, that's great. <laughs> so we see him making soup. He grows up. He's serving soup. And um, he's designing his, his costume in church as Chancho looks on. And then we see the most beautiful woman I think I've ever seen in a movie. She's introduced as from our ladies, sisters, ladies of Guadalupe, <laughs> Sister Encarnacion. Yeah. And Anna de la Regaria. Sure. Probably wrong with that. But she's done a bunch of Telenova films, which Mm -hmm. I haven't watched, but I've heard awesome things about Telenovas in general. And she's on an HBO series that I know you like. Oh, Eastbound and Down. Yeah, season two. Um, Kenny Powers um, goes down to Mexico to uh, hide out from the law. And um, he meets up with uh, several people, including her character. I I like her character in this because if there is a woman that's believable to make all the priests have a little bit of a of a crush on her, it's this woman. She's incredibly beautiful. She's she's got a really perfect complexion and a and a beautiful face and so you, it's forgivable when you see the priest, you know, look at her and and comb his hair a little bit. Yes. <laughs> So Nacho's sent to visit a dying man uh, by Hector, who is one of the villains, I guess, of the piece. Yeah, who uh, slaps him around before he, he sends really, him off. He really does look alive. <laughs> I guess he's jealous of uh, of Nacho uh, making eyes at, uh, at, uh, at his girl. <laughs> the old man had a lush garden, a beautiful woman, and 
a collection of Russian nesting dolls. Yeah, he had quite a a, a collection there on the uh, the shelf. <laughs> At least I, a half dozen. I love this. Yeah. I love the crazy bike he rides, which apparently in Mexico, this is somewhat common, this motorized cart bicycle thing. I love the sick bump he takes off the bike. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. This is all, you know, uh, just, you know, a fun, you know, sort of universe building, if you will. It really lets us know where this movie's going and and how serious it's going to take itself. The coins on the eyes of the old man that Nacho thinks is dead that is not is uh, is an old tradition for the ferryman of the underworld. Mm-hmm. And you were supposed to give him one coin for access. But because we have two eyes, people would often put a coin on each eye. Otherwise, they'd put one coin in the mouth. And so if you were poor and you couldn't afford to bury your dead with a coin, they would wander restlessly for hundreds of years in the underworld without ever getting admission into heaven. Unless they could, I guess, successfully panhandle. (laughs) Yes, because everybody's got an extra one. Maybe that's part of the thinking was, well, we'll bury him with an extra coin. That way if he runs into a poor guy, you can give him a coin, they'll both get in. But I could see a lot of people being like, I'm going to hold on to this coin because I don't know. They might have like a bubblegum machine up on the other <laughs> side. You know, once I You'll get past this guy, I might need to buy something else. A comic book. <laughs> uh, we see the chips for the orphans. <laughs> yes, and they're labeled as such. That's right. They're day-old <laughs> chips for the orphans. Chips for orphans. Uh, we see Steven. Escalito, which yeah. is pronounced much like Obi-Wan Kenobi. Everyone says it different in this movie. Yes, I prefer Escalito. Escalito, Esquelito, Escalito. Yeah. But regardless, yeah. it means skeleton in Spanish, which is one of those gags you don't know unless you speak Spanish. Yes, which I just learned from right now. The funny thing about the character of Esquelito, I remember reading on IMDb when this movie was coming out, somebody had incorrectly stated that the guy that played Pedro in Napoleon Dynamite oh, was wow. in this movie. Yeah. And he wasn't. <laughs> so for, I don't know, the first maybe 20 minutes that Esquilito's in it, I'm looking at it and I'm saying, I guess that's Pedro? Yeah, maybe like, they doesn't gave look anything like Pedro, but it's Pedro. Oh, his hair very different. He lost yeah. some weight. I'm yeah. not sure how this is working. <laughs> um, so I was relieved to fi- when I finally found out it wasn't him and it was another actor. Oh, Hector Jimenez, Jack Black said, he worked in Mexico. I don't think he's a big star, but he's a great find for us. When we were auditioning people in Mexico, he just jumped off the screen. He had a real natural, hilarious way about speaking. And he was a really obvious choice, and I had a great time working with him. Uh, Hector has done some other work, including Yo Gabba Gabba, which is a kid series, which uh, seems to have brought him a good amount of fame and success in the U.S. Oh, good for him. Yeah, I, I really like him in this movie. Now, Ramses <laughs> is, uh, is, is who we see next, and he's got the blue suit I talked about. He's got a gold mask, yeah. and he's a hero to the people, and Nacho's jealous of this guy. When we saw this movie separately, we we discussed it afterwards. So back in 2006, you mentioned that this was Silver King, and indeed it was. Tell everybody just a little bit of your memory of who Silver King was. I knew Silver King from the, I guess, the, the mid to late 90s WCW when they were luchador crazy, where yeah. they basically had a whole division 
of just luchas. So I remember seeing Silver King wrestle uh, for WCW and fighting guys like Psychosis and La Parca, um, you know, uh, and just really putting on some some really great cruiserweight matches there in uh, WCW. Yeah, this was a guy who wrestled for All Japan Pro Wrestling, wrestled for CMLL, and then did some time in WCW until uh, towards the end of WCW's run, you know, maybe a year before uh, he was let go. And he's great in this movie. Oh, yeah, he's... He's perfect. Physically, he fits the role. He plays. He plays it well. Yeah, I, it's one of those things where you just look at him and say, "Yep, that's that's Ramsey's." <laughs> so Nacho sees a sign and realizes he can raise money for the orphans if he wrestles. Mm-hmm. And then they have the toast. I got to tell you, man, that <laughs> is like some real good looking like Texas toast. That's, it is. It's big, thick toast. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not your standard Wonder Bread. It's it's got some. It's got some, uh, some, 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 you know, some weight to it. Mm, good toast. <laughs> I'm telling you, I would eat it after it's been on the floor and pushed under the door. Yeah. Uh, we learned that his parents were people of the cloth, but they fell in love. And after trying to convert each other into the, each other's respected religions and that everybody calls him Wero, yes. which is a slang term for a fair skinned or light haired person. Uh, which is something I read online. It can be used derogatorily, uh, but is it necessarily a derogatory term? So I think when Hector says, hey, Wero, mm-hmm. he means it der- with, with a bit of uh, sarcasm. Yeah. Inter- interestingly enough, um, Beck, who performs uh, kind of a version of Religious Man at the mm-hmm. end called Holy Man, right. he put out an album probably around this time called Wero. Yeah, yeah. So we learn Encarnacion's favorite color is light tan. Yes. Her favorite animal is poopies. Yes. She likes serving the Lord, hiking, play volleyball. And these yeah, are and- Nacho's favorite things to do every day. Yes, coincidentally enough. Uh, we learn he loves children, but the brothers don't think he knows a buttload of crap about the gospel. <laughs> So he tells her about wrestling, and she doesn't like wrestling. And this is where we learn that despite in in normal everyday life, people would say, well, that's okay. Mm -hmm. Not in this world. In this world, he's a false idol, that Ramses. Yeah, they're fighting for the wrong reason. So he serves up some slop without chips, and he gets yelled at because he doesn't have those chips because Stephen took them. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I'm not meant for these duties, cooking duties. Dead guy duty. Maybe it's time for me to get a better duty. Just great. Just great. Now, Chancho somehow runs out to him because Chancho is there immediately Mm -hmm. and says, I like your cooking. And Nacho replies with a line I absolutely love. I am the gatekeeper of my own destiny and I will have my day in the hot sun. (laughs) That is great. He goes to the alley, sets up a little trap for Escalito, and they fight. Yes, not before he farts. Of course he does. Now, I've heard that they took a bunch of them out, that there were far more when they started this. But uh, by the time the film actually was released, they had had removed a lot of them. I think I counted two. 
Yeah. So um, on the commentary track, they talk about how people said that there were too many and they were like, oh, we removed one here. We took one out here. So they show us all the other ones that aren't that, you know, that would have been in this movie. Yeah. In this scene, it made sense because he's sneaking up on on Steven and right before he jumps, he farts. And that's what alerts Steven (laughs) that there's somebody about to attack him. Sure. Sure, exactly. Uh, I mean, it served the story purpose. It does. Yes, exactly. I think that's why it's left in. Yeah. We also get uh, the line, don't you see your skills plus my skills in the ring tag team, which we play at the end of every episode of this show. Yes, and which Esquilito says you're crazy. Yeah, but it's always misheard. And we've joked about this by people where they think it's your Skittles plus my Skittles in the ring. To the point where when I saw this movie, I saw it as don't you see your skills plus my skills in the ring tag team. But at, over years of mishearing it and having other people mishear it, I thought that I initially heard it as Skittles. So yes, indeed. I fell victim to that as well. So on the June 20th, 2006 episode of ECW on Sci-Fi, Tony De- DeVito appeared as Macho Libre. He cut a promo imitating Macho Man Randy Savage and then was interrupted and beaten by the uh, Sandman. But I love this. He did. He he would say things in Spanish and then and then say, say everything twice. Say everything (laughs) twice. That was real insight into sort of how Savage cut a promo. (laughs) (laughs) So Macho, I want to call him Macho Libre. So Nacho Libre gets some sweats from Chancho. Yeah. Did you know what Chancho meant? I did not. It It is a Mexican word for pig. Uh, it is a Spanish word, but is specific to the country of Mexico. And it can be derogatory for an obese person. It's odd that they call him this, but I love it as a name for this character. Yeah. Yeah. No, wow. It's, it really doesn't seem to work. I mean, the, the, the character was, uh, you know, portly. Chubby little kid. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it seemed everybody seemed affectionate towards him. Uh, he's a sweetheart. It's yeah. it's it's so clearly this is, I guess, his name. Now, I've looked the real actor up. Mm-hmm. And he's a teenager now. He's not a kid yeah. anymore. And he's on Twitter, and his Twitter handle is Chanchito, which means <laughs> little pig. Oh, that's great. So uh, he's got a couple numbers after that. You can try to find him. Uh, yes. Hopefully one day he'll come on here and, and chat with us about this. Uh, he gives them the sweats, and they start this bizarre training montage. Yeah, it's kind of like a, a spin on the, you know, the, the kind of training montage you would see in the 80s in like a Karate Kid or a Rocky movie. Yes. But there's bees and manures in people's eyes. Yeah. <laughs> there's bulls involved. Yes. On the commentary track, Jack Black explains that you, you want to blind them in case you're, you know, in the ring, you know, somebody pokes your eyes and you're blinded. But also... You have to use something stinky because it could be like somebody's butt could be in your face or their armpit. So you have to be prepared in the ring. And that's why the training made sense. Yes. Uh, we see his his first match. Save me a piece of that corn. We, <laughs> we learn that Stephen doesn't believe in God. He only believes in science. Yes. And then we get the first instance where the the other luchas really had something against Esquilito's hair. Yeah, they they tear his hairs. <laughs> and then Nacho tears his blouse. You remember when I tore my blouse? 
They still get paid, though, which they're surprised about. So they still get some money. And so now he can buy salads for the children. And they start stealing fabric in a really cool, quick montage. And they he makes his costume. Chancho sees him. He tells him, when you're a man, sometimes you wear stretchy pants in your room. It's for fun. <laughs> so Nacho's concerned that Escalato isn't baptized. Yeah. Because they're going to fight Satan's cavemen, which makes no sense. <laughs> so he baptizes him surreptitiously. Yeah. And then we get to this match with Satan's cavemen who are just, they're, they're crazy little people. Tell me, uh, tell me the quote Jack Black had about this. <laughs> All right. I had a good experience with Satan's cavemen, the wrestlers who came up to my navel. They were really tremendous athletes, too. They kicked my ass, but good. They flung me around like a rag doll, and they punctured my privates. <laughs> but for the good of the film, and then at the end of the day, gave, me, gave them a low five and said, let's rock it later. Those dudes were cool, actually. One of them was probably the best wrestler of all the wrestlers. He had a really busy schedule. I think he was. I don't think he liked me. There was a weird thing there. We were rehearsing, and he didn't want to be there. He'd be like, ah, man, I'd rather be in Mexico City doing my next wrestling match. He was like the Michael Jordan of the Little People's Wrestling Association. <laughs> so Chancho blocks the screen because he's starting to get who this is. It's Ignacio on the yeah, screen. Yeah, and they're about to take his mask off. So uh, it's a really cool moment where he stands up, and he's, he's protecting. Uh, he's, he does a little Y2J. Yeah, in front of the screen to protect Nacho's uh, identity. Puts his arms out. So Nacho is becoming really materialistic. It's it's understated, but he's got money for food for the kids, and he can buy them some pork, and instead he buys himself some fancy shoes. Yeah, they're really nice-looking shoes, though. <laughs> we see the kids wrestling, and Nacho tells them that not to do a nice punch to the face or a pile driver to the face because it's in the Bible not to wrestle your neighbor. Yeah, and then he goes over the details of – of how great his life is, which Just is tell really me about great. This. <laughs> he says, I get to lay in bed all day by myself. All my life. It's fantastic. And, <laughs> and the touched... wrestlers, they get expensive creams and lotion. Yes. This is, he's like, they get all the women and they get expensive creams and lotions. <laughs> uh, so he's talking to Steven. He's saying he wants to win. So they go to see a water gypsy, which is Peter Stormare. I love this guy. Yeah. And, and it's one of those scenes where you watch it and then you say, okay, what was that scene for? And they actually pay it off at the end of the movie, which is yes. awesome. Yes, indeed. Uh, this is an actor who we've seen in the big Lebowski. We've seen him in, you know, Jurassic park to the lost world Fargo. Yeah. Yeah, and Armageddon, he played the uh, the crazy Russian in Armageddon. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so uh, Jack Black has to eat some eagle egg, and he says on the DVD that it's proof that he's a good actor because it was delicious, and he had to pretend it was disgusting because it was made out of pudding. Uh, Nacho doesn't want to get paid to lose. He wants to win, so they go see Ramsey's, and this scene is hysterical. They're in the street. He's pointing at everything, and Ramsey's is terribly mean to him. And so they put on frilly shirts and sneak into his party. <laughs> yes. And uh, Nacho sort of um, gives uh, Esquilito um, a boost to get over the uh, the gate to sneak in. <laughs> and then uh, he sa uh, Esquilito says, I can't, I can't boost you. You're too uh, fat. Good luck. <laughs> yes. You are too fat. 
<laughs> so um we get we get the uh the corn to the eye, which by the way is still the most shocking moment in this movie. Yeah, it's one of those weird sort of Napoleon dynamite esque moments. Um and that comes after Jack Black singing for Ramsey at the party. <laughs> He's singing at the party. Yes. Ramsey's is not dancing. He does not dance at the party. So many great lines in this movie. You really, oh, it's you inc- really got to wonder what the set was like. It's incredible uh, that you know. There's so many clever lines that you repeat. But Jack Black said, and this is a quote: "There wasn't a lot of improvisation involved with Nacho Libre." He said, "Little nuggets would fly in and out. I can't remember if I had any good improvs or not, but it was a fun, collaborative feeling on the set. If I thought of something funny, Jared was always trying, so it was really cool. But so basically, this wasn't you know Robin Williams just throwing out dialogue. This was you know the director saying, "What do you have? Let me see. Let me see if I can incorporate it." But he's saying, for the most part, everything you see in the screen." That's what they were planning on doing when they got to the set that day. Yeah, and that really sort of says a lot about the comedic abilities of of everybody in this movie because so much of the dialogue seems off the cuff and and improvised. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So he has a fight with Steven, and then he tells Encarnacion that uh, he wants to wrestle, and she gives him a a neat little bit of advice that if, uh, if he fights for good, then God will bless him in battle, and then he's praying, and he's, and, and, and he smells cookies. Yes. And this is where he's basically the moment where he realizes that if he uses that money for all of it for the children, instead of buying nice things for himself, yeah. then he will have something to fight for. He shouldn't worry about his clothes and his stretchy pants and his Mm -hmm. boots. So I want to tell a little bit more about Frey Tormenta. Awesome. Um, Once word got out that he was a real priest, it spread like wildfire across the country. This was, he was like a folk hero. And he said, quote, luchadors were afraid to fight me, not because of my strength or skill, but because they were afraid afraid of the fans. They would shout out, you can't fight a priest, and they would throw tomatoes and garbage and coins at them. (laughs) He said he remembers a woman screaming at me for roughing up Padre. This was uh, one of his opponents said, Mm -hmm. I remember a woman screaming at me for roughing up the Padre. You're going to hell. So this was a this was a big deal. I mean, this character that Nacho is sort of based on the concept, Mm -hmm. you know, this guy was a big deal in Mexico. Yeah, that's awesome. It's really, really a cool story. I believe he didn't get any money for this, though, which is kind of sad. Yeah. So we see the battle jam, and he loses after saying he was going to win. And so he's kicked out of the convent. He mm-hmm. he goes out in the wilderness to die, and uh, Chancho gives him his mother's lucky machete. And we see him alone in the wilderness. Yeah, deep and deep and far away in the wilderness, he's gone. <laughs> Um, away from civilization, never to be seen again. Roll credits. <laughs> Until what happens? <laughs> Until uh, Esquilito finds him, and we learn that he was not very far from the village, and they can see him, and a woman even um, waves and says, Hi, Nacho. Yeah. And, we, and we learn that basically Silencio cannot fight because he injured his foot. Right. Now, I own a lot of props from this mm-hmm. movie. Uh, but this particular prop, uh, we have had a, a big laugh at. 
I have Silencio's suit that he is wearing in the scene where his foot gets run over. Yeah, you have what? The pants, the jackets, and the turtleneck, right? Yes. And so on more than one occasion, I have worn this. <laughs> uh, the pants are way too long, so often I'll just, I'll just wear the blazer, which is still gigantic because he was mm-hmm. a gigantic man. Uh, but the shirt, on the other hand, is very tight. He, he wore, you know, like a skin tight shirt under there. Um, but I have worn this. If I have to go to a wedding and I'm really dreading it, I say, let me see if I can pull out Silencio's suit for this. <laughs> and you know what? I bet you back in Mexico, Silencio would be thrilled and happy to know that his suit is getting use and yes. as opposed to being sort of hung up in a display case. That's right. It's, it's been used. You've worn it. Yes, I remember. I remember trying it on. It's fantastic. So, uh, if I ever were to do host a screening of this movie, I think that's what I would wear. That's great. I wouldn't get it hemmed. I'd just cuff cuff it everywhere. Because I mean, this is a giant of a man. These sleeves are too long. Everything about it is just gigantic. He was Silencio was Kevin Nash height, I believe. Oh yeah, yeah. He towers over everybody in the Battle Jam. So so. Silencio's out. Nacho gets to fight against Ramses. He leaves the note for Encarnacion that says that he's going to fight from the children. And if they didn't have these vows of celibacy that they could get together and be married, a little hug, hug, kiss, kiss, little hug, big kiss. This was one of the funniest gags in the movie in that I'd never seen it sort of illustrated before that, you know, the X's and O's. Um, you know, when a card or a letter, you know, meant hug and kiss. <laughs> right. You you knew it, but you've never like when you read it, you're just like XOXO and yeah, you know yeah. that means hug and kiss. But to hear it read out as hug, hug, kiss, kiss, and then little hug, big <laughs> kiss. <laughs> so uh he's Ramses is getting all oiled up. He does have the great creams and lotions. He even yeah. has some sunblock to put on his lips or some, you know, maybe some uh, uh, little uh, lip gloss. Yeah, and he's that. got a trainer sitting in front of him telling him how great he is, which is... Uh... Ramses' <laughs> legs are the best. <laughs> Ramses' muscles are the best. <laughs> we hear the song. I love this song. Yeah, Jack uh, Nacho belts out a, a nice little song about breaking their vows together. Here's one of the little moments that I mentioned. Escalato comes up to him. Steven says, hey, let's pray. And then Steven says the prayer. He's like, Holy Father, bless Nacho. And this is, I think, very important to this movie that Nacho has won him over. Yeah. And it's not overplayed. It's not gigantic. It's something I didn't notice the first time I saw the movie. It just didn't dawn on me that he had earlier said, I only believe in science. Yeah, yeah. They didn't, they didn't really, you know, uh, hammer it, hammer it down, which is, it's cool. It's a nice little subtle sort of character moment. Yes. There's another subtle moment coming up at the end, which I'll get to, which I absolutely love. Oh, Uh, we see him. What's it's when he it's when Nacho eats the watermelon, right? <laughs> I do love the watermelon. That's, that's subtle. <laughs> I've never seen a lucha ma- match where they got to take a break and eat some watermelon with masks on. Yes. <laughs> the uh super wedgie here is one of the things I don't like in the movie. Mm. What do you think about this? I I think uh, you know, uh from a visual standpoint it works. You know, he pulls uh 
you know, Ramsey's, uh, you know, uh, under trunks all, all the way up over his head and blinds over his him. head. <laughs> and then they disappear in the next shot. This is like all of a sudden we're watching the Simpsons. Oh, you know what? I didn't even realize that they disappear. <laughs> yeah. So he pulls them up over his head and then Ramsey's pushes them back and you see them fall down and there's gigantic, you know, ridiculous extra underwear. And then they cut to another angle and they're gone. And it's really one of the only moments, the other being the corn to the eye. Where yes. this movie just completely escapes all reality. Yeah, well, there was one other thing I wanted to talk about, um, mainly related to the wrestling moves. There were points where when Nacho jumped, they dropped in the sound effect of a cat. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yes, <laughs> indeed. I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump ahead. I had something here that mm-hmm. was a surprise for you, but oh. you have, uh, you've uncovered it. I went to the IMDb. Okay. And, a quote from the IMDb was, I lose it every time, dot, dot, dot. And I was going to say to you, what do you think it is? And see what you could guess. Oh. And the answer is, he jumps in the air and that cat screeching sound comes on. It's really <laughs> subtle, but it always tickles me. Anyone else? I, You know what? I wouldn't have guessed that. So. Now, there are a bunch of responses. And the first response is from the poster who posted this in 2010 in December, and then three days later, bump. <laughs> Bumps her own thread <laughs> on a, what I'm sure was a very active Nacho Libre, Libre thread in 2010. And then uh, finally gets a response the next month who says, I lose it when I watch the baptism scene. Okay. <laughs> then we get uh, we get her coming back, and she's like, oh, I like that part, too. Uh, the look on Steven's face is priceless. Mm-hmm. Some other guy's like, hey, the bizarre standoff and the corn. I like that. I like the corn to the eye. Then we get somebody else popping in saying, uh, I also like the baptism scene. Wow, I didn't realize the baptism scene was supposed to be that funny. No one responds about the cat screeching that you noticed. Yeah. But somebody does say he loses it when we get down to the needy greed. <laughs> so, that along with anyways. Anyways, uh, I, I, I use both of those. Uh, there's a lot of lines from this movie I say a lot. But anyways is, is one of the ones. And uh, needy gritty I say a lot. We get down to the needy gritty But so it's interesting. You point this out. This is uh, This is a subtle little moment in this movie. What did you think about it? I mean, is it one of those where it takes you out of it or you just you like it? No, I think there's enough sort of wacky stuff going on here in terms of the world that they built that um, it's it's acceptable uh, to me for whatever reason. You know, it it, it it works. I guess it it heightens that that little move he does a little bit. And I guess if that's what it its purpose was it uh it accomplished it so nacho has his mask removed and everybody can see who he is which to everybody that doesn't know him is just like <laughs> oh he's just a guy it's just a guy with a mustache <laughs> but here's a here's a wonderful moment we hear religious man played again mm-hmm. as nacho has ramsey's foot on his face and all hope is lost yeah and then we see sister Encarnacion walk in yeah, with all the children in their in their nacho homemade nacho masks. I think this is important though. They show her first. Yes. And then Chancho, and then they show uh I think his name's Moises Arias who plays Juan Pablo. We show him and then we show all the rest of them. It's a very slow build because yes. Nacho first sees her 
Yeah. And then he sees Chancho, who's probably yeah. the kid he's closest to, and then he sees all the children. Yeah. And so slowly he sees his world show up to cheer for him. Yeah, and they wave to him, which is it's kind of weird considering the position he's in. Yeah, he's really about to lose. But so he gets some energy from them. And this is where they pay off the eagle powers. Another moment I didn't notice the first time I saw this movie. Yeah. In the movie, he gets up on the top rope and he leaps over to right. Ramsey's. But yeah. it is a long, ridiculously long flight. Yeah, and he spreads his arms out like wings. Yes. Earlier, he said he had no eagle powers. Yeah. He got no nutrients from that egg. But here we see he has them. And again, it's underplayed. If you're caught up in the moment of the movie and just watching the match, you don't notice. And he never says, oh, those were my eagle powers. Yeah. I like that. I thought that that was understated for as <laughs> absurd of a moment as it was. Oh, yeah. But they paid off the, the Pete Stormare scene, so I was happy. So he celebrates, and then they cut to this bus, and the bus is painted up. It's the big bus to take the orphans to parks and places like that. Yes. And Nacho's got a Nacho figure on the dash, and the kids are all eating like uh, popsicles. Yeah. And then uh, he's... And Steven's there. Yeah, Steven is riding with them, yeah. which I love because we don't know Steven's backstory. Yeah. I've watched this movie with people that when Steven says he hates all the orphans in the whole world, they say, oh, is he an orphan? Yeah. And it's never paid off that he is. But he, I guess, has nowhere else to be other than to hang out with Nacho and the children, which yeah. I think is awesome. He yeah, loves I mean, the orphans. you don't even know. I couldn't even tell you how old this character is supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah, you don't know if he's a, a teenager, a, you know, maybe even younger than that, or is he 45 years old? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so this is a very subtle ending. I love this ending. It's bittersweet. Yeah. He's happy. He's with the children, and the children are his heart. We yeah. don't see any of the angry, mean guys like Hector or the old mm -hmm. priest who had diarrhea since Easter. <laughs> yeah, and actually, I think this movie created something that is very big in wrestling in 2013 and that is the yes chant nacho just arbitrarily screams out yes and the kids repeat him <laughs> yeah yeah and you know now we, we have daniel bryan doing the yes chant so i don't know if, if subconsciously somebody <laughs> saw that movie and said you know what that is really a cool chant i love this i love when he smiles at her mm -hmm. and she looks back at him and she gives him the thumbs up and you know that she's not breaking her vows. Cause up until this point as a viewer, yeah. you're thinking maybe they're married, you know, yeah. maybe they're, they're, you know, things have changed and she just mm -hmm. gives him that thumbs up and that's all he's ever going to get. Yeah. And that's what I really, really liked about this movie was it didn't betray what it, what it was yeah um and it felt very very honest you know and but and it, you know i think if a lot of other movies or a lot of other filmmakers making this movie would have tried to have them break their vows and give you the quote-unquote happy ending when this ending is completely happy right yeah exactly he he he's got everything he needs in life um, it's interesting. Jared and Jerusa Hess are members of the Church of Jesus Christ and Latter-day Saints, yeah. the Mormons. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, so I, do do you know if, if uh, Mormon values are something they try to put into their movies or if it's just, you know, they put whatever fits best with the film? Based on what I've seen, it's it's whatever really works with the film. I, I don't remember anything overtly being stated in uh, in um, Napoleon Dynamite um, or Gentleman Broncos, uh, their other film. Um, yeah, so it's yeah, very interesting. It, uh, it is. The two of them met. They were at Brigham Young University. You know, yeah. taking film school together. It is, it is very interesting. Uh, I think Mormonism is one of those religions that most people, and not everybody is this way, obviously, but most people don't know personally a lot of people that are Mormons. And so it's yeah. a religion that's a little, little different. You know, you say, Oh, I wonder what this does and that does. And so it is interesting. Uh, they, they make great movies. Oh, yeah. 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 They, um, and also, you know, people pretty much just think of like, you know, the South Park guys when you mention the word Mormon. I, I don't know this. What is this? Or- well, they 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 uh, they did an episode of um, South Park about it. And they also did that play on Broadway, The Book ah. of Mormon, which sort of mocks Mormonism. Um, yes. Now, you know. Mormons, they're they're the door to door religion. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, they, they um, I, I think when they in between high school and college. They they basically uh, for a year they they go out and uh, and spread the word. I see. Yes, I have had uh, some Mormons come to my door, and including I had a uh, a woman and her her son, and she was certainly uh, not young. She was an older, you know, um, you know, maybe thirty years old, and she mm-hmm. was uh, she was you know a missionary. Uh, so very interesting. Yeah. Uh, there's another song during the credits where Jack Black <laughs> sings. Forget about Hector. His mustache is like a girl. Yeah. I could rupture his intestines with the flexing of my thighs. <laughs> Very funny. And what a great way to end uh, end the movie. So tell me about the state of wrestling at this point in time. Who Who was the champ and what was going on? All right. Well, right around that time in June, uh, on June 11th, the ECW um, – had a, which was still around at the time, the WWE version had a pay per view, the one night stand pay per view. Yeah. And uh, in a singles match, we had uh, Taz defeating Jerry Lawler. Yes, now they had a big feud. That's a feud that went back to during the time when ECW was the original ECW. Jerry yeah. Lawler was part of sort of like a talent exchange where he would show up over there with Rob Van Dam, you know, taking the side of the WWF. Yeah, oh, he was the original Rob Van Dam, Mister Monday, Monday Night. Night mouthpiece. Yeah, yeah. I think retroactively, I had sort of inserted uh, Paul Heyman into that in my memories. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, um, yeah. That was, I mean, Lawler was booed out of the building. There, it was. I mean, I have never seen somebody so hated uh, by a crowd than Jerry Lawler coming in there and just beating the hell out of Taz. So this was many years later, another payoff to that to that feud. Yeah. We also had uh, Kurt Angle defeating Randy Orton, the FBI, which was Little Guido and uh, Tony Mamaluke defeating uh, Tajiri and Super Crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, Rey Mysterio and Sabu ended uh, in a no contest for the World Heavyweight Championship, yeah, which Rey Mysterio was holding at the time. I, right. I always thought it was funny when Rey Mysterio was holding the Heavyweight Championship belt. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mick Foley, Edge, and Lita defeated Terry Funk, Tommy Dreamer, and uh, Beulah. He was he was the probably the lightest ever, but he was Mexican, which really fits into this. And yeah, yeah, 
to not uh, be brave. Maybe it was just sweeping the nation so big. <laughs> yes. Uh, Balls Mahoney defeated Masada Tanaka. Yeah. That's and a, Rob that's a, Van, Van There's Van a lot Van... of head shots, uh, chair shots to the head in that, oh, by the way. Yeah, well. That's uh, I think that's a, a big move in uh, Balls Mahoney's wheelhouse. He would have fit right in in the in the uh, the battle jam where somebody's uh, signature move was chair hits. Yes. Um, and then Rob Van Dam defeated John Cena for the WWE Championship in an Extreme Rules match. This was the if Cena wins we riot match. <laughs> yes. This was a big deal. This was at the Manhattan Center, and this was uh, supposed to be a send off to. Uh, to ECW, and of course, it hung around for quite a few years after that, and to a degree, is still always with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, it was one of those things where it hung around right until it turned into NXT, which wasn't that long ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So this brings us to the all important question, Craig Cohen: Do you tap out to Nacho Libre? Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, Nacho Libre was one of those movies where when I saw it in theaters, I came away from it pretty cold. I, you know. I didn't get it, maybe. And, um, you know, everybody I knew really, really liked it. You really talked it up. And then it was one of those movies where I saw it again on home video and it just clicked with me. Ah, and I really, well, really, um, I'm really... guessing that that was we saw it together because we saw it probably six times on home video. Yeah, 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 probably. And I remember we went out and got it the day it came out. It was a Tuesday. Yeah. And you and I went after work, picked it up, and then watched it. Yeah. So I must have changed my tune at some point. Um, I think it might have been one of those movies where, you know, you, you get home and you think about it and then you start thinking of all the funny lines and all the funny moments in it. So I think this movie, right from the get-go, it sets a, a tone. You know nothing really terrible is going to happen in it. It's got great music. It's got great performances. It has a lot of Lucha Libre wrestling. And I did not tap to Nacho Libre. I... I adore this film. Uh, when this film came out, I was excited about it. And I, I remember just, first of all, Lucha Libre was something I was always very interested in. And on DirecTV, which my mother-in-law and father-in-law had, they had a channel that would show Lucha Libre in the middle of the night. And I didn't get this channel. But I would have my father-in-law record this for me and he would always say ah the tape something didn't happen and i remember begging him to set an alarm to go down and make sure that it taped because this was before dvrs and so lucha libre was something that i think most people hadn't heard of and hadn't really seen much of but i i adored it. it was so unusual and so strange and that's one of the things i like about this movie is it captures the strangeness of lucha libre yeah, no, totally. I totally hear that. I went and saw this movie uh, right away, and I loved it. I mean, I was just, I was, it was one of those where I kept thinking, you know, if everything keeps up, I'm gonna, this is gonna be one of my favorite movies. And and scene after scene would go by, and I'd be like, well, if they keep it up, and then it ended, and I was like, oh my god, I love this. And then that song came on at the very end of the credits, and I was like, this is, this movie just wants to give me more. I love mm-hmm. this. And then it came out on home video and I kept watching it over and over and I showed it to everybody I knew. Everybody. I had a multiple Nacho Libre parties in my backyard where I put up a projector screen and had people over and I wore my uh, Blue Demon Luchador mask. Mm-hmm. And I just adored this film. And so I hadn't seen it in a few years. I'd say at least three years I hadn't watched this. And 
the last week we did The Wrestler, and that mm-hmm. was a movie I hadn't seen in a few weeks and so in a few years. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, I don't know, that didn't hold up to me as good as it was when I first saw it. Will this hold up? And I got to say, this movie held up so good that when I finished watching it the next day, I watched it again. I always watch the movies for this, uh, for when we do these retrospectives. I try to watch them twice. Mm-hmm. I watch them, then I watch them again and do, and do notes on them, you know. So yeah. I see the movie and then I'll do notes. Like I Randy watch- Savage, you watch it twice. <laughs> Watch it twice. I watched this movie a third time where it was just me sitting down and watching it, not for the show, but just because I couldn't get enough of this film. This film is just fantastic. I love it. It's only gotten better with age. I can quote so many lines from it. It is just fantastic. And I don't tap out to Nacho Libre. Excellent. Now, we got some comments on the Facebook page. Uh, I think suffice to say, we got nothing but positive comments on the Facebook page. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a, it's a clean sweep. Yeah, it was very interesting. Uh, not a lot of details, some fun stuff. I, I believe your brother said that he got the, the mask with it, with the DVD set. Yeah, yeah, which I've seen him wear. I've never, I didn't get that. My DVD yeah. came just sans mask but yeah uh, it's a, it's a nice it's a nice mask it's not cheap i like that and uh, i've actually dressed up as nacho for halloween but i i did the blue demon mask thinking that most people wouldn't know and boy they sure. didn't uh i i mean you know there there's nothing but love for this movie out there i've i've yet to find despite the fact that it's a dumb comedy which tends to uh, alienate people. I've yet to find that out there for this movie. This movie seems to be, at least among wrestling fans, universally praised, which I think is really cool. Yeah, and I think it's one of those things where this movie is not mean-spirited. And I think a lot of times when you have a comedy that isn't mean-spirited, it's going to be really hard to find people that flat-out hate it. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're really only going to hear from the people that really, really loved it. So get that corn out of my mm-hmm. face. These are the orphans' chips. <laughs> Your skills plus my skills in the mm-hmm. ring. It's Nacho Libre. Craig, thank you so much for joining me for this one. Oh, thank you. Uh, as always, it was a pleasure. And thank you to you for listening, and we will see you next time right here on Camel Clutch Cinema. While I was out in the theater, I wrote a song for Camel Clutch Cinema in my mind. Shall I sing it for you? Sure. When the movie has ended And all the people are gone Stay tuned after the credits Something might come on My Skittles plus your Skittles Tag team with Craig and Guy Can't listen now It's bedtime now no, 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 no way, Jose. I really want to. Then we stay listening together. Camel Clutch Cinema. Camel Clutch. Camel Clutch Cinema. Camel Clutch. They are
ready for you now. How many combinations? Combinations? In every bag. Skittles! Gamma Skittles plus my Skittles. Skittles bite-sized candy. Gamma Skittles plus my Skittles. Every Skittles combination is a new taste with a new name. Well, for example. Gamma Skittles plus my Skittles. So how many combinations are there? Gamma Skittles plus my Skittles. Find out for yourself. Taste the rainbow. Yeah. Don't forget. Gamma Skittles plus my Skittles.